Welcome back to the Ultraviolet Tide. I am back with another bonus episode to hold you over until season three of the podcast kicks off. If you listened to the past bonus episode that was published on December 5th, I gave a little bit of insight into season three that is kicking off in January. So we're about a month away from the kickoff of season three. And I said I would see you guys at the start of season three. Well, I am so used to podcasting now and I get so much enjoyment out of it and love being able to provide content for you all. So today's episode is a Q&A episode um, and I'm going to answer all of the questions that you all submitted about the brand, about the podcast, everything in between. I thought it'd be kind of a fun bonus episode. So the very first question, starting us off super strong, but what is your best customer experience? And this is such a hard one to answer. I mean, I feel like I'm going to have that same answer for all of these, so I need to just cut that out. But I feel like the customers are such a big part of the brand. But for us, because the brand was founded during COVID, so Low Ultraviolet, for those who don't know, was founded in December of 2019 for a pitch competition at Virginia Tech. So December 2019, we entered the pitch competition and worked through a couple months of like interviews and and all of this stuff um, to reach the finals of the competition. And the finals were in February of 2020. And we pitched for initial seed funding and won the fan favorite award to really bring our idea into fruition. So for those of you who do not know, the brand officially launched in October of 2020 with our very first product. And as you can imagine, if you think back on how the world kind of was at that time, it was a very, very different time um, in terms of, you know, I wasn't able to meet our customers face to face. Everything was done virtually. Everything was done remotely because we were in the middle of a global pandemic. So I didn't really have the opportunity to meet face to face with the customers and the clients. And of course, if people had questions, they could, you know, reach out via Instagram or email or hop on the phone. But that isn't really a good replacement for like the real thing, the real in-person experience. So I think a lot of my favorite customer experiences have come from these in-person events that we've had over the past couple years. So we had our very first market at Virginia Tech. So going back to our roots where the company was founded, in the spring of 2022. And that was the first time that we were able to officially meet face-to-face with the customers of our products, the people who were actually buying and wearing, and we were hearing about their use cases and everything. But all that just goes to say that these interactions came with some of the best stories ever. And the very first market we did up in Northern Virginia, I remember very, very clearly because markets make me very nervous Um, I'm always scared that we're not going to do a single sale or that I'm going to have a negative interaction. Just all of those things that kind of come to mind when you allow negativity to kind of come in. And I had this guy walk up to me. I'm like, oh, no, is he going to is he going to critique the fact that we only have women's and ask for men's? I just kind of went to a negative mindset. And he came up to me and said, I just had to stop in because I had a melanoma. And if you look right here and he turned his head and pointed to the side of his head along kind of his neck and ear. And he was like, yeah, I had a melanoma removed. And this doctor up in this Northern Virginia area like saved my life. And that was, I mean, I get to hear stories all the time through 
our Facebook group and Instagram group, I, I just, I get to hear stories all the time, but that was the first time someone came up to me in person and it almost being unprompted and told me their melanoma story. So then that allowed me to, to talk about my mom and talk about this community and talk about all of this stuff that's sometimes a little tricky to talk about because if someone's shopping for apparel, you don't want to hit them with heavy stuff, right? You want to make it a positive shopping experience. And you don't always know if people want to talk about skin cancer and melanoma, but that gave me such a beautiful window to be able to talk about the brand and the mission behind it, which is first and foremost, my mom's melanoma diagnosis. And it was a beautiful experience that really kind of shaped how I go to those markets because that wasn't the last time that someone came up to me and told me about their melanoma diagnosis or skin cancer diagnosis. And I think when people see the UPF apparel and they see our mission to outshine skin cancer, they understand that it's more than just apparel brand. You know, I am not someone who's just trying to profit off of some protective apparel just because I think it's a trendy niche product. I am truly here and creating apparel because I feel so passionately and strongly about this space and the need for some protective apparel because of my family history with melanoma, because of loved ones, because of members of this community who have passed away from melanoma. I just feel so strongly about the core mission to outshine skin cancer. So anyways, that was one of my favorite customer experiences, but I also just love it when people come up at markets or they message us and say that they love a product. Um, That means a lot because we put our blood, sweat, and tears into these products. So to hear that people love them is, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. I love it so much. Kind of going off the same market thing as well. We were just at Martha's Market in October. Um, We go every single October to Martha's Market in Charlottesville, Virginia. And we are a vendor there for Breast Cancer Awareness Month because a portion of the proceeds from that market actually go back to the Martha Jefferson Hospital in Charlottesville. Um, And for those of you who do not know, I grew up in Charlottesville, Virginia, so I have a very strong tie to that community and the hospital systems there, but the proceeds help the Women's Center at the Martha Jefferson's Hospital. So I like to go every year. It's a fantastic cause. And a woman came up to us at this past market and said that she was loving the podcast. Um, So not only did she know the Low Ultraviolet brand, but she also knew the podcast. And that was just like crazy to me. That was the most beautiful thing ever because a lot, like I said, um, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears go into this business, go into this podcast, go into every aspect of it. And to get feedback like that is just, it's really nice. It doesn't take a lot to kind of continue to keep us fueled and moving, but hearing stuff like that is so fantastic because as a small startup company, you hear a lot of negatives and a lot of no's. So just having those little nuggets of positivity are such a beautiful thing. All right, question number two, what is the best product you've worked on? I think when I think about the low ultraviolet product line, I still can't believe that we have as many products as we do. I posted on my personal Instagram all the way back in March 2020, and I was in Amelia Island in Florida on spring break with my family. 
And I was sitting on a lounge chair in a Lululemon jacket and jogger sweatpants and my big sun hat out in the sun because I didn't want to get sun exposure. And I captioned the post, hopefully this time next year, I'll be wearing Lil Ultraviolet's first line of UPF 50 plus clothing. And I think when I wrote that post, it was just so inspirational, right? I was so excited uh, to see where we could take the company. We were very much in like the first couple months of the company where it was still ideation. We had no idea how how any of this stuff was going to actually work. And I remember writing that caption and thinking like, well, I guess I better figure out a way to make this work. I had no idea. Um, I do have a background in fashion merchandising and design, but the difference between like fashion merchandising and PR and all of that stuff is very, very different than supply chain management and especially for the apparel market, but especially for that small portion of the sun protective apparel market. There is so much gatekeeping on information and how to get into the industry and all of that stuff. So I spent months and months and months just trying to figure out how to source, not only source fabric, but source sun protective fabric to source the best sun protective fabric, what the sun, what sun ratings even meant. I mean, when I really started this journey, I didn't even know what UPF meant. Um, so that just shows you how much growth has happened over the past couple of years. But I did not know where to really start, right? So that post at the beach, you know, in my in my jacket and joggers staying out of the sun was a beautiful notion, but I really had no idea how to bring that into fruition. So when we first started developing our first ever sun protective apparel item, it was a wrap and it was a gator. And I had spent at this point probably almost a year just trying to figure out how to make this work and where to find the best fabric and getting on so many calls and hearing no so many times that throughout this process, I was just so giddy when we were designing these. I was so scared to ask questions because I didn't want them to decide that we were too small of a company and too inexperienced that they didn't want to work with us. So I just became kind of like a yes man that I didn't want to cause too many problems. I was just trying to get this stuff manufactured and I was just giddy. I was just so excited. I couldn't believe that I had the opportunity to create sunsafe apparel and to help people outshine skin cancer. And when I first got those units, I remember it very, very clearly because they came in massive boxes to my apartment complex just outside of Washington, D.C. And if you know anything about D.C., and if you are fresh out of college, you can probably imagine my apartment at the time was kind of the size of a closet. It was a very, very small apartment. And I get a note that the first round of wraps and gaiters were delivered. And I go down to the lobby of my apartment complex and there's like 10 ginormous boxes. And I am not a very strong individual. I'm five feet tall. I'm not very strong. And I was like, holy smokes, how am I going to get these up to my apartment? So I got a dolly that people, you know, use to move and loaded up all the boxes, took them up to my apartment, put them out on the floor, and then realized that took up my entire apartment. 
So just the first run of wraps and gaiters filled my entire apartment. And I was like, huh, all right, well, we're going to have to figure something out about this. But when I unpackaged them, I was just so excited and I couldn't believe it. So that was really kind of the first experience like designing something and trying to figure it all out. And of course, those products didn't have sizing because at the time we didn't even know how to figure out sizing yet. (laughs) So it's been such a beautiful journey, but that was probably my favorite product I worked on just because it was the first one. There were so many unknowns and I was so proud of myself for actually creating a product. Um, And that's funny to think about because we've come so far since then, but Even so, I get so giddy and excited during the product development phase because I take so much feedback and I I have so many conversations with this community about what you want to see that when we're finally working on it, I feel like I have the biggest secret in the world. I'm like, oh, I wish I could tell this person that we're working on the product that they want to see or I can't wait to tell this person that their their designs and development it's going to launch in two months and all of that stuff is just so exciting to be able to bring it to market um but yeah my my favorite product I've worked on was probably that first one so the next question is the most challenging product process oh gosh that I mean that has to be the same story about the wraps and gaiters because our very first product was developed during COVID and it was definitely the most stressful. I don't know if it was the most challenging, but it was definitely the most stressful. I think the all-star tennis dress, now that I think about it, was probably the most challenging just because that was really the first product that I designed from scratch. So the all-star tennis dress, I went from sketches to mood boards to working with a pattern maker to getting the the first sample and then taking that to our manufacturer and mass producing it. And it was just challenging from the fact that I wanted to make sure that we were doing everything right, but I didn't know what everything right was because this was the first time I was doing kind of a product launch of this kind of caliber. And I wanted to make sure that the fabric was right. And I wanted to make sure that the fit was right. And I wanted to make sure that I was pleasing everyone. But meanwhile, you can't please everyone. So all of these things were just so challenging. And I kept going back and forth between, do we add pockets? Do we not add pockets? Do we add spandex? And it's kind of a beautiful thing because you can decide to do anything. When you create your own designs and you work with a pattern maker, you can make it exactly how you want to make it. But then the challenge with having complete control over the process is then there's more opportunities to make mistakes. So it was kind of a blessing and a curse, but the all-star tennis dresses are definitely one of our best-selling products. It's one of our fan favorites. And I think there was also a question below about how we select our fabric. So I'll come back to the all-star tennis dress in a bit. But before, let's tackle a question about, this one says, how does it feel being a female-founded and owned clothing business? It feels great. I love being a female-founded and owned clothing business. I love finding other women-owned businesses to support and lift up and encourage and bring kind of along on this journey with us. I think as a woman, you sometimes struggle to walk into a room and know how to act. You know, as I mentioned before, 
I'm five foot two. I'm not a tall woman. I'm in my 20s. And it's very hard sometimes to enter a room and have people take me seriously. And I think other female business owners might feel the same, that you feel like you have to act a certain way and do things a certain way and and put on a certain kind of persona and all of that stuff. And it's so tricky. And you know, I think what I've learned over the years is I don't have to please everyone. I'm not going to be everyone's favorite founder. I'm not going to run my business how people, how everyone thinks is best, you know, and that's okay. Um, But what I also do know is that I do have to run this business in a way that benefits and provides for this community. Um, I've been given such a remarkable position of helping this community outshine skin cancer and so many people put their trust in me to keep them sun safe. So while this business comes with its its pros and its cons, its hardships and really high highs and really low lows, I am just so proud that I get to run this business because you know, if you think back generationally, I am very blessed to have a family of very, very strong women. And my grandmother, she raised two daughters in a time where women didn't really have bank accounts. They didn't really have jobs. They didn't really do all this stuff. And it's kind of mind boggling to me to think about all these incredible women who came before me who created the way to allow me to do what I do today. The fact that I can be the CEO and founder of a company that I can have my own bank account, not only my own personal bank account, but my own business bank account with only me on the account, that I don't have to have someone co-sign anything on my business. I can have it solely. It's just, it's really powerful. And I think the power of that is not lost on me. I feel so incredibly fortunate that I get to say that I own a business and I'm an entrepreneur and I think terms like kind of like girl boss and stuff kind of rub me the wrong way not because I don't think it's a beautiful philosophy but just because there's no reason you have to add the name girl in front of boss unless of course you want to and if you want to then fantastic go for it But I think in my mind, you shouldn't have to distinguish a female boss from a male boss. They should just be a boss. And I just feel very fortunate and blessed that as this company continues to grow, I have the opportunity to lift others up with me. And I intend to keep doing that every single day. All right, next question. What is your favorite thing about the podcast? Oh my gosh. My favorite thing about the podcast is probably just the opportunity to have a platform to grow the brand and foster powerful conversations. I think social media is so great and having the website so great and all of that stuff's fantastic, but you can really showcase the message of the company and your and your ethos and your mission and vision so much better. Like right now, I'm sitting down at my desk recording this, but I feel like I'm talking to you. I know I'm in your car. I know I'm I'm with you as you're working today. And it's so cool. 
And I think just to be able to have the opportunity to showcase so many fantastic stories and become a part of your everyday routine every Tuesday is really cool. I had a podcast back in 2020 um, and I loved it. I love the conversations. I love the opportunity to really kind of deep dive um, with someone on a topic. I find that um, conversations for me are a lot easier when they kind of go in depth. I'm really not good at small talk. So I like hopping right into the conversations and asking the tough questions because you can learn so much about a person through those like those tough questions, you know? Um, So that's kind of just how I operate. So in that mindset, like a podcast makes a lot of sense for me. So when I ended that podcast, because I was spending more time on Little Ultraviolet, I knew at some point I wanted to add that aspect back into Little Ultraviolet because these conversations and the opportunity to become a part of your everyday weekly routine, like I said before, I don't think there's any replacement for it. I mean, I feel like I'm part of your your day. I feel like I'm your friend. I feel like you all are my friends. Um, so it's it's really cool. And hopefully that doesn't sound too cheesy, but I really do think it's a cool opportunity that, um, you know, creating a company in today's day and age with the technology resources available allow me to do really cool things that I always want to take advantage of. All right. So the last question to round us out Um, How do you select your fabric? And I love this question because as I mentioned before, I have a background in fashion merchandising and design and I take fabric very, very seriously and I can attribute this to my grandma. My grandma taught me how to sew when I was five and taught me how to do all of the things from a very young age. So I have so much appreciation for textiles and sewing and the creation process and The selection of fabric for me is the biggest component because when you feel a fabric, you immediately know if that apparel item is high end or if it's a little bit on the cheaper side. So fabric to me screams luxury when it is done right, when it is buttery soft, when it is, when it stretches, when it's comfortable, when it feels good against your skin, that provides a more luxurious experience than anything else really could. So when I'm picking fabric for our designs, there are two things I think about. The first thing is the UPF rating. It has to be 50 plus because 50 plus blocks out 98% of UB rays and only allows one fifth to go through the garment onto your skin, which is a lot stronger than an SPF could ever do. So that is the first thing for me. A UPF rating of 50 plus is a must. It has to keep you protected. It also has to hold up with wash and wear. So a lot of our products, you might have noticed, have multiple levels of kind of sun protection. So our all-star tennis dress, for example, the fabric not only is UPF 50+, but it's also a spandex poly blend. And that means if you stretch that fabric, there is not a lot of light that's getting through that. It is a heavy piece of fabric, but not in terms of not in terms of how it feels on your body, but in terms of how much coverage and protection it gives your skin. So I knew I wanted that fabric from the second I felt it because it was buttery soft. It had a beautiful stretch to it and it was insanely comfortable. That is the kind of fabric that you have in luxury pieces that women want to turn to to wear time and time again because it's comfortable. I mean, this isn't rocket science. We want to wear stuff that's comfortable. I mean, I'm currently 
sitting recording this episode in my sweatpants because I want to be comfortable. And there are so many other women who feel the same. So our fabric selection process is so important. We make sure that we work with a fantastic fabric sourcer who provides us the highest quality textiles from around the world. And we use those samples to shape the garment. And we find items that are not only high end, but also the best value. There are so many textiles out there that would drive up the cost of the garments to being very, very expensive. Um, And while we're sure they're fantastic fabrics, we find the best value for our customers and think about all of the items that go into the process of crafting that item so that it stays affordable for our consumers, for you all. Things like, do we add buttons? Do we add zippers? If the fabric is more expensive, that will make the end product more expensive. So all of these things we think about in depth. How can we create the highest quality product for the best price for our consumer? Because at the end of the day, we care about you. We care about our customer. We care about the consumer wearing our product. And I think the biggest thing for me and why I started this company is I don't think sun safety should be unattainable. I think everyone who wants to stay sun safe should have every tool in their tool belt in order to do so. Um, And I feel like this company plays such an important role in making sure that that mission and vision and that is attainable for people. So, oh my goodness. Okay. I think that is all the questions that we received. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this little rant, this little Q&A session. I hope you liked it. Always happy to offer more insight into the company and then the work we're doing, but I always want to say at the end of the day, this company is based off of our fantastic community. Um, We probably would never have survived the pandemic without you all, so thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for loving us, and hopefully we can do another bonus Q&A session. Thank you so much for listening to the Ultraviolet Tide, and we will see you soon.